Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, where we equip and encourage men to grow to be godly leaders in their families, churches, and communities. Thanks for listening. What is up, world? Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast here from Mannheim, PA. I'm here with Garrett Barbush. My name is Steve Glick. This is episode nine. What's going on, G? Not much, man. Just enjoying another day in the land of milk and honey. Promised <laughs> land, Mannheim, Pennsylvania. <laughs> this is the promised land. Can you believe we're on episode nine already? No, it's hard to believe. Man. Good job leading this thing. Yeah, it's been appreciate good. it, man. This is fun. Today's episode is brought to you by Seth Energy. Seth Energy is a full-service energy company serving Lancaster and Chester counties, Pennsylvania. So go to SethEnergy.com for all your energy needs. And I think that's a good lead into our special guest today. What do you special think? Special guest, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We'd love to welcome Seth Ovetz today from Seth Energy. Seth, what's going on? God is good. That's what we're here to share today. Love Amen. It. Amen. Amen. Seth, you mind telling us a little bit about yourself for the viewing public, listening public? Sure. I'm a Lancaster County native. I grew up about 100 yards from, uh, from where I live today, so I didn't get very far. Um, I have two sons who are first-class knuckleheads and a loving wife um, who has great um, – they torment very, very much. So <laughs> – um, they're both wrestlers, which I'm very proud of also. Um, but yeah, we, um, live very close by here. I'm, uh, was a fourth generation, um, family business, awesome. uh, name of the company was Whirly Nobets and we sold heating oil and propane and did heating and air conditioning service and, uh, grew to, uh, be a, you know, mid-sized company. And I actually left the company in the nineties to go back to college and we, Hired a CEO to run the company, and by all accounts, it looked like it was going uh, great until about two months ago. We discovered a terrible fraud had been uh, perpetrated, and it put our company into bankruptcy. So it has been uh, a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're uh, that's why we've asked Seth to be on today's show. We're gonna we're gonna get into more of that story, kind of right. set set things up for that, and. I think a, a lot of folks here, maybe in the central Pennsylvania area that are from this area, are aware of what's been going on. For those viewers and listeners that aren't going on, we're going to get more into the details of, of that. But, but today's topic is the reason we've asked Seth to be here. And Seth, I do want to thank you because yeah. I know this can't be an easy thing to be sharing, but um, and, and an easy thing to even be in the, in the eye of the public and in the light of the public. But um, you know, the, the whole topic today is leading through adversity. Uh, and, and I look at what you've been through here over the last couple of months and the fact that you're sitting here breathing still, um, is just only a testament to, to God's yeah. faithfulness. Right. But, um, before we get into that story, I, I do want to kind of stay consistent here with, uh, kind of how we start off every show with, with Steve's, uh, take five. So Seth, if you don't mind, we're going to put you in the hot seat a little bit. We're going to ask you five yeah. questions. And uh, they're fun. They're kind of designed to, you know, be icebreaker and get everyone engaged in the podcast. But Steve, why don't you, uh, why don't you make Seth sweat a little bit yeah, here? All right. Before we get too deep, we gotta lighten the mood a little. <laughs> <laughs> what we really need is we need like some intro music for Take Five. Don't yeah, you? yeah. Well, right. there you go. Right. Get on your to-do list. All right. That's on my to-do list. All right. Number one for Take Five, Seth, is what did you want to be? What did I want to be when I grew up is uh, I wanted to be a cowboy. I do have a love of the West. Actually, my brother and sister live out there, and I love love visiting them. So 
that was my aspirations, and uh, maybe I'll still fulfill that dream someday. Well, Seth, I want to stop there. I, I don't want to get too off track, but there's a story. If you could share, I think I think the the listeners would really appreciate this. Um, and I don't remember uh, which Zemer brother it was, but for those that are close to the ministry, you know that Brian Zemer is our founder and chairman of the board. Uh, when you guys were kids, there's a story that one of the Zemer boys went inside crying. Um, or maybe it was you that went inside crying. One of the Zimmer boys had shot you with a BB gun. That's right. They shot you, right? <laughs> That's correct. I went inside crying. Yeah, you went inside crying. You told their dad mm -hmm. that uh, you were shot by a BB gun, yes. and he allowed you to get revenge, correct? That's correct. So he told the boy to stand out there, yes. and you got a free shot. I got a free shot. So you were made for the Wild Wild West. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about that. Oh, I love it. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> all right, so Seth wanted to be a cowboy. All right, take five, number two. What inspires you, Seth? Well, what inspires me is what inspires all of us, and that is God's grace. Because, mm -hmm. you know, especially when we go through difficult times. I mean, it shouldn't take difficult times to bring us closer to God, uh, but we are human and we forget often uh, how it is. And well, I'm not sure we'll get into this um, later, but the experience of this has been intensely brutal and beautiful at the same time. Wow. And so I think everybody's inspired by the good that, that God provides and, and, and his inspiration. Amen. Awesome. Yeah. If you can't tell by listening or viewing right now, it is pouring buckets outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number three for take five, Seth, is what's the last book you read? The last book I read was Grit. And ah. it's ironic. My father provided it for me maybe this winter or something like that, little knowing how much we were going to need those lessons that come from, the, wow. come from that book. Wow. That's awesome. Which I have not read that yet, but I've heard amazing yeah. things about the book. So I need to, for those of you listening or watching, we need to pick the book up and read it. So, get it. question number four, Seth, is what's your favorite hobby? My favorite hobby is riding dirt bikes with my boys. Is that right? Yeah. And um, that's something I enjoyed when I when I was a kid, and it just kind of you know maybe goes along with the cowboy thing a little bit. I never had a horse, <laughs> but I had my steed was my <laughs> my dirt bike and. Uh, I even told my kids I would strap my um, pistols on when I was a kid and, and ride around. And I still, it's kind of, you know, it gets you out in, uh, in the outdoors. And both my boys really enjoy that. And so it's something we get to do together. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love and it. just to fill in the listeners too, uh, knowing Seth personally for a lot of years and, and knowing your boys, his boys are 100% boy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you go to the house, and they come walking out of the house or the garage. They've got boots on. They've got holes in the knees of their jeans, yeah. grass stains, mud, dirt under the fingernails. Yeah. I mean, they are, they're not afraid to, to let loose a little bit, those yeah. boys of yours. So. Love it. So how many boys do you have, Seth? I have two. Two boys? Yeah. Gavin just turned 13. He's a teenager, and uh, Grady's approaching 10. Okay, so just boys, no girls? Boys, no girls. And right. my poor wife, I mean, she is a, a girl's girl. <laughs> She just says to me, what is wrong with them? I say, honey, they're just boys. They're just boys. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. So this is the last question for take five is favorite place you've ever traveled to? Favorite place I've ever traveled to is probably Panama. And ironically, Grady, my um, nine, almost 10-year-old, and I are going back there in a couple weeks. Nice. Um, so awesome. um, been into the Darien jungle, which is uh, really one of the um, more remote jungles in, in the world. And we'll get to do 
little bit of trekking, maybe mm -hmm. even a little bit of fishing. So, and he can't wait to go. Awesome. So that's awesome. And neither can I. Good for you, man. That's awesome. It's incredible. Those yeah. are trips that your boys will never forget. So that's great. That's, that's good stuff. Well, let's, uh, let's kind of get into the main topic and, and Seth, you gave a little bit of, of a background, uh, on the situation that you're facing. Um, but I think to, to even build more of a, uh, of a foundation or more of an understanding context for those that might not be around the situation. Um, you know, I thought it would be good for maybe me to maybe preface the conversation between us today, uh, kind of talk a little bit about Worley and Obets, a little bit about Marigreen, a little bit about these entities that, um, you know, you, you were overseeing and, and, and being part of the family business. But, but for those of you that don't know, Seth, like, like you mentioned earlier, uh, was in the energy business, energy providers, residential, commercial, you name it, oil, propane, uh, natural gas, electricity, you guys, HVAC, you, right. guys, were, were, you guys were doing that. Um, American-made energy, um, you know, I know there was a, the, the Amerigreen side, there was an energy wholesaler side of that. Um, so what you guys were doing, it, it was, I mean, in the ballpark of what, 300 employees, 300 and between 250 and 300 employees, yeah. Roughly. So um, family-owned since 1946. Uh, started, I didn't realize this, but I read it today, like started with 17 heating oil accounts in yes. Mannheim. Um, so it's not just something that evolved. I mean, this this has been, this was around for, for a long time. There was a lot of people in the community that, that obviously, um, you know, were employed by you guys. Uh, growing up here in this area, the Obetz family was just always known to be, you know, supportive of the community, and, and we're always grateful for that. Uh, I can look back at whatever I was doing in sports, wrestling or whatever, and, uh, you know, they were always part of, of what we were trying to do. So to sort of tee up the, the question and to sort of tee up our conversation and, and the focus of leading through adversity, could you just – in a, just a couple minutes, kind of talk a little bit about the history of Worley and Obets, sure. a little bit about where it all started, how you got involved. I mean, I know it was a family business, but what, what made you get involved? Um, and then obviously kind of build the foundation for, um, you know, how everything got to the last couple of months, right. you know? So I'm going to kind of hand it off to you yeah. to help build some context so people understand the severity of, sure. of the situation. So Whirly Nobets was founded by my great-grandfather, Ray Whirly, in 1946. And many heating oil companies were founded during that time because homes were converting from coal to heating oil. Um, it was after World War II. There was a uh, surplus of diesel fuel, which is the same product as heating oil. And so it was a natural growth industry. And then um, it started with, you know, as you said, you know, a number of um, customers and, you know, grew into a number of employees. My dad joined the business in the 1970s, started into, you know, developing a network of gas station customers and started a heating and air conditioning business. And my earliest memories were in the, in the business. I remember the uh, company picnics. I, I remember fondly, you know, many of the people, even from when I was a little tyke and uh, making chicken corn soup in this big witch's cauldron that we had on top <laughs> of a fire. And uh, it was just best chicken corn soup I ever, ever had. Right. And, you know, some of my jobs in the summertime were pulling weeds and, you know, I'd get to be around my grandfather and things like that. It really was, you know, a big part of um, the lessons that I, I learned and, and needed to learn growing up were, were in that business. And it truly was a, a family business. And I would say without hesitation, everybody who worked there felt that same way. Mm -hmm. um, when I came out of college, I, I was moved out west. Um, didn't quite become a cowboy, but I was doing some <laughs> odd jobs out there. 
And then I got called back to the business during a snowstorm and I ended up staying for a period of time. But I wasn't convinced that that was what I really wanted to do. And in fact, I also wondered if I stayed in that business, a family business, would I have a successful career because I was the boss's kid mm. or because I could really do it on my own? And so with that um, behind me, I, with a lot of prayer and, um, and the consent of my wife, uh, Melissa, um, I, I left the business uh, in the late 90s. I went back to um, college, mm -hmm. and then I ended up uh, working for a consulting firm uh, when I came out, and I loved it. was working for, you know, you'd have three or four different clients a year doing strategy work, helping them develop and grow their business into new markets, and I um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, we had, as I said before, um, hired a, a, a CEO to, to run the business, a non-family member, um, and by all accounts, everything was, was going great. I did come back into the business in 2005, and we started Amerigreen, and that was my interest. I wasn't interested in kind of the old heating oil business, but Amerigreen was founded um, to market biodiesel, and biodiesel is basically diesel fuel, which is the same thing as heating oil, which is made from renewable sources, French fry grease, vegetable oil, animal fats, and so forth. It's 78% reduction in greenhouse gases. It's a green product. It's made in the USA, it's red, white, and blue, and, and that got me excited. So we grew that business into something that was a really fun place to work. It was a profitable uh, business, and that was where my focus was. At the same time, uh, the CEO was running Worley and Obets at what seemed to be a very, you know, solid, um, it had grown into a, 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 you know, what looked to be a very profitable business. We had $17 million in equity on the balance sheet. Wow. So when my in the process of buying out my brother and sister, when we had that transaction um, underway, we immediately went and we did create a succession plan and basically turned over the business and that $17 million of equity to my two sons. So Melissa and I owned the business for one month. That was a little bit of a hard sell for her, <laughs> but I said it's the best thing to do tax-wise and mm -hmm. to, to ensure that the business doesn't get caught in a situation where they, they you know, we, we can't have a, a succession plan. Uh, so we did, had all that in place, and we were doing the last piece of our strategic plan, which was to really grow our heating and air conditioning business um, into the mainstream housing. So heating oil is a dying business, right? Natural gas, electricity, propane, still growing, but we wanted to reach the newer homes, which are heated with natural gas and heat pumps, which is electricity, and we did solar as well. And so in the course of doing that, we hired a consulting firm, and they came in, and part of the strategic planning that they were helping us with, which of course I was familiar with being a strategy guy, they also brought a financial guy in, which I'm not a financial guy, but I can do arithmetic. And he started digging into our financials, and what he discovered was we had a very large customer who had represented 80% of the top line of our business, okay? And the receivable that that customer represented mm -hmm. had a cost to it because we had to create a line of credit to carry that receivable, and there's interest on that line of credit. And that interest, instead of being allocated to the business unit, which was our big truck business, they were selling gasoline to this customer, there were 150 gas stations. That had that, instead of that interest being um, allocated to just that business unit, it had been spread out across all the business units. So 
when you put that interest cost back to that one business unit, that business unit lost $700,000 a year instead of making a million. Mm -hmm. So we approached the CEO about that and we said, hey, did you, you know, he was the guy that did the allocations or did you understand this? He said, geez, I didn't understand that that was the implications of that. And the consultant said, yeah, that can happen. You know, we have 40 pages of allocations, you know, that stuff. But now we found it and we're going to fix it. And so we said, we came up with a plan and that was to ask this customer not to buy um, fuel from us anymore, that we would just haul the fuel from them and they could pay us the freight charge to, uh, to get there. Well, long story short, we, had, we set up that meeting with that customer and the CEO didn't show up for the meeting. In fact, he disappeared. He left a cryptic note at home for his, uh, his wife and a large check. And we discovered that we actually had not, he had been making up the gallons that we were selling to that customer. We were in fact hauling those physical gallons, which we get a nickel a gallon for, but he was adding $2.50 of the sale of that gallon. So we inflated our sales by $500 million in 2017 and was covering up losses as well as theft. So it quickly put us into uh, bankruptcy. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So, I mean, th this has gotten the background. Thank you for sharing that. But that has obviously led to um, May. May, May yes. of, of 2018, I get a text mm -hmm. from, from you. Yeah. Um, and I hope you don't mind me sharing Please. this with, with our yeah. listeners. But, you know, Seth was, was a donor to the ministry yeah. and, and to the organization. We're forever grateful for that. But basically said, like, hey, I need to halt, halt my donation. You need to stop yeah. it. Uh, just found out we're in the early stages. We think we found my our CEO was you know committing some fraud, right. and I just need to like stop all payments. And of course, I didn't think anything of it in the right. moment. It was just like, okay, hey, Seth's got to put a fire out, like mm -hmm. no big deal. Um, and it was the same week. I'll never forget this because it was the same week as our annual dinner. Um, and then we went away um, as a board of directors. We went away that weekend, right. and uh, I remember. Uh, Brian getting a text from you and I just kind of remember looking at the look on his face and me kind of asking him a question like how bad is it and he just didn't want to even like yeah. get into it and that's that's when I think I realized the severity of it and and even then it was there was still a lot of unknowns right. at that point but through all of this um, if you could just I, I don't know how much you can share legally and all that good stuff but Basically, what ended up happening was the banks came in and, and shut everything down. They swept our accounts. We had a plan. We worked for two weeks with them cooperatively and developed a plan, but we could never get them back whole, um, even over 10 years, which our plan would have taken 10 years. And so I think ultimately they um, didn't want to wait 10 years, and so they swept our bank accounts, which is how they put you out of business. And so then we had to file bankruptcy, and that's what happened on June 4th. And so within a matter of just a couple of days, yeah. you know, all of the employees, uh, you know, lo lose their jobs. Uh, you know, I can imagine, uh, I can't imagine what's going on in, in your mind is, you know, um, you've seen years and years of the business just kind of come to a halt. Um, but but there's, there's light in all of this. There's like light in this situation, which is why we have asked you to come on to this show. Um, and, and I'm just, I'm still blown away by it. Because within just a couple of days of all of this happening and being in the media and being in the newspaper and like, I mean, this was a big story. Yeah. And, yeah. and 
I'm, I'm watching you from a distance and within just a couple of days of everything kind of getting shut down, yep. uh, you come out and you announce that there's going to be a new business started, yep. Seth Energy, and you were confident from the very beginning. Right. And part of me is like, is he, he's either like really, really good or he's putting on a really good front. <laughs> but I remember thinking like, holy cow, like yep. if this was me, I would have ran for the hills. I would have dug my head in the sand. I would have felt sorry for myself. Um, I'm not sure that I would have been able to manage my family, my even myself, my right. any anything. I'm not sure I would have been in the right frame of mind to determine and come to the decision that, oh, hey, I'm going to start a new business yeah. and we're going to be A-OK. And... Um, I don't know. Can you just shed a little bit of light? Because this whole leading through adversity thing, like there's going to be more we talk about here coming up in regards to what's been happening over the last couple of weeks for you. But how did you get to that point of being like, hey, we're going to bounce back. We're going to be okay. Well, first of all, I want to just um, say a little bit more before that happened um, about the 250 plus team members. And I've talked to many of them since this, I talked to many of them that day, and I talked to many of them since this happened. And what I learned was each and every one of us went through and felt and still feel the same gut-wrenching pain. There was not me as an owner. There was not anybody who necessarily had that pain any worse than anybody else. There were circumstances that were different and events that were different for different people. One person was right ready to close on a house that they had to stop mm. uh, buying. Some people got jobs the next day. Some people still don't have jobs. So the events that happened were different. And so that level of, of um, adversity was different for different people. But the pain that we all went through was the same for each and every one of us and, and, and continues to be. And, and that pain is the best analogy I can think of is if, if you and your team were building your dream project and you spent years doing it and lots of blood, sweat, and tears doing it, something that you were entirely proud of, and then you just got it to that place where it was as perfect as you were going to get it, and one of the team members burned it down. And that's the depth of betrayal and the depth of hurt that every each and every one of us experienced. So what was taken from each and every one of us, when you go and if you um, do a project, whether it's a, uh, you know, uh, making a wreath as a craft or building a deck or weeding a garden or, or, or building a skyscraper, whatever that is, when you stop and look back at that, you've got something that gives you satisfaction. It's an accomplishment, right? And that's very important for our human um, are, are for, for us as humans. Right. And that's what was taken from us. Mm. We can't look back. What we look back on is in ashes, um, the, everything that we worked for. And that's what everybody felt. And that's what was taken away from us. That's the brutal part of it, okay? Right. The beautiful part of it that we've all experienced too has been the support that has come out of this. So the good that has come back after the evil. And that's what you're you're asking about. So... Um, how did I, you know, even say, hey, we're going to start a business? Well, it wasn't me, right? So <laughs> the next day, I got a call from Bill Shipley, who is a competitor, a similar company uh, in the county west of us here. And I've known Bill for 20 years, and uh, he's an uh, incredibly honorable and generous man. 
a community pillar. And he said, Seth, what's your plan? And I said, curl up in a ball and suck my thumb. <laughs> um, but in truth, my plan was, and I even talked to my parents about this, was I said, I'm just might as well pack. I, I was out west after college. My brother and sister live out there. Like you said, just want to pack up and run away. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to pack up my family. We talked about it. We can move out west and uh, you know, just, just do something different. And I thought to myself, what would I do? And I thought, well, I'd probably start a propane company. Well, <laughs> why not do it here where I've got friends and customers and team, team members? So anyhow, in, so Bill said to me, well, that's not a good plan, the curling up in the ball and suck your thumb. Um, and we talked for a little bit, and I said, you know, I think I could start a business. I know we've got an incredible team, and while, you know, we could probably only hire a few people to start with. I think we could grow that. There's customers that need fuel, especially the commercial customers like now to operate their business. Now they're with the bank shut us down. So we are without, um, they're with, without fuel. And yeah, I think we could, we could do this. And he said, why don't you do it as a division of Shipley? And I said, thank God. <laughs> there was no way that I could put together the resources, the, mm -hmm. the trucks, the insurance, the payroll, the benefits, the vendors, everything else that we would need to do that. I mean, I, we needed to take care of, you know, some customers um, that day or the, or the next day. And so that's what we did. I called the, um, my, uh, the team that we needed to start with. And I said, hey, hang in there. We're going to get this. We're going to get going. And I'll tell you, one of them, um, it, and you know, several of them already had a job offers the next day because thankfully the job market is good. A lot of people did get jobs, which we're thankful for. Not everybody yet, um, but one of the guys that I called had a job offer for a dollar an hour more and a five thousand dollar signing bonus. And wow. I said, "Wow!" I said, "Look, awesome. I can I can match the dollar raise, but I can't do the five thousand dollar signing bonus." He said, "Let me talk to my wife." He called me back and he said, "We're with you." Wow! And that's the kind of culture that, that we had wow. wow that's that's yeah. wild that is just absolutely wild yeah. so obviously the power of people in your life right yep. i mean yep. the, the power of the other there's the book yeah. i believe that lencioni write that i believe or um you know the, the power of the other the those those deep connection people right. in our lives that come in and, and help us move forward you yeah. know don't 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 allow us to move out west and yeah. suck our thumb right right um but you know you stopped by the office last week, and I didn't. I didn't tell you this when you stopped by because uh -huh. you, you started to share um, a little bit about. Uh, I, I said, like, "How you doing?" I think I asked that question, like, "How the heck are you doing?" You know, right. through all of this, and and you said, "Man, we're we're doing great." I think you said fourteen hundred uh, clients already signed up through Step Energy, which just says is a huge testament yeah. to, to to who you guys are right. and the support that people want to you know go that route. It's just phenomenal, but. Uh, you started telling me a story um, about the stress in your life through the last yeah. couple of months and the toll that it was starting to take on your body and, and what the reaction your body was having. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but what you didn't realize is that exact same thing had happened to me the day prior. Wow. And so um, you started sharing this. I had just experienced it. I'm like, this obviously is something that probably men that are in leadership positions that, you know, in different capacities, it doesn't matter if you're in 
propane or nonprofit ministry. I mean, it, it, we've all got things to carry, right? And we've all got things that are in our mind. But if you could just talk a little bit about what that adversity over the last couple of months, kind of what it caused your body to do uh, under that stress and talk about how you came to this realization and, and what, you know, what the takeaway was from all of that. So I just thought this was very interesting. Well, you know, obviously it, adversity often uh, does bring us closer to God, even though we should be closer to God with, without um, a bad reason to, uh, to, um, to put us there. And so I had spent a lot of time in, in prayer um, and, you know, was, was, you know, thankful for that, for that strength. But nonetheless, and this is the brutal part, right? Um, you know, it was hard to breathe. Sleep was hard to come by. Chest was tight. My nose burned like, like you just got hit in a football game, right? Um, sometimes it would bleed a little bit from high, you know, blood pressure was that high. And my mouth was completely dry like I was you know, cutting weight for wrestling. And I, I didn't really know what that is because I was a heavyweight. So <laughs> I really <laughs> now can appreciate what you lightweights can, you know, <laughs> we're going through. So, you know, it was that physical just crushing um, of the, the stress and the worry and the anxiety. And um, Brian Ziemer, the founder of, uh, of Men of Iron, called me up on uh, July 3rd and he said, hey, um, let's go up to my cabin, uh, just you and I for, for the 4th of July. And I thought, well, that's not a really responsible thing for me to do as a husband and a father. I should take my boys to see the fireworks and spend the day with my family. So I called my wife and she said, no, you need to go. She said, you just need to get away. We'll be fine. Go with Brian. And so that's what we did. And we went up to his cabin. It was a hot, muggy, rainy uh, 4th of July uh, up in State College. And we just hiked through the woods together, just him and I. And it was... Um, a beautiful, miserable day. And <laughs> it was what I needed to get out. And Brian asked me the same question, how are you doing? Mm. And I told him the same thing. I said, these are the physical conditions. I said, Brian, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm praying as much as I, more than I've ever prayed before. I said, but I still don't think I can physically go on much longer. This is crushing me. Right. And we looked up a little, we looked on WebMD about the physical symptoms and particularly the dry mouth. And it turns out that that is cortisol. Mm. And cortisol is one of the three flight or flight, flight or fight hormones, right? So first one's adrenaline. That's what happens when you get attacked by a bear. And the second one is noroepinephrine. And I'm not sure what that does, but <laughs> the third one is cortisol and it's secreted by the adrenal gland. And it, it gets secreted over time when you are wor highly worried, highly stressed, have wow. a lot of anxiety over a period of time. And it's the worst, by far the worst hormone of the three. And what it does is very detrimental um, to your body. It increases your blood pressure significantly, mm. increased risk of heart disease, decreased brain function, decreased bone density. You name it, that's bad for you, it does it. Right. And so I said to Brian, I said, I, I, better, I better stop doing this. <laughs> and... So he shared with me uh, some scripture and some analysis of scripture. So namely Psalm 37, 8, which says to, basically says, to, you know, to worry is sin. And, you know, don't worry. Like Psalm 91, 8, abide in the shadow of the Almighty and, you know, let God take care of your worry. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But what's, why, why am I sinning? How am I sinning doing this? I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just doing the best I can. I'm praying, I'm praying to God and I'm sinning. And 
it came to me, and Brian helped me to understand it, and God helped me to understand it, is that I was still taking this on my shoulders. Mm. I was not trusting God. I was not giving it over to God. I was saying I'm strong enough and tough enough to do this myself when this is far, far beyond me. And as soon as I came, and, and so again, you know, I could have said consciously, I, I, I know that, but I didn't actually accept it. Mm. And I never actually gave that over to the Lord. And when I did, in that instant, my mouth was not dry, my chest was not tight, and I could breathe again wow. in that instant. Mm. And awesome. it is obviously a daily struggle, but I share that with everybody that I can because we all go through very difficult times. And I want to also say, you know, nobody died through this. Nobody got cancer through this. It's not that degree, but it is a painful process. And any time that we are worrying, worry comes from planning without God, right? Because we're worrying about what might happen. And if we trust God, he has the plan. You know, the plan's not ours, <laughs> right? And when we try to make the plan, it always goes bad. Right. It's God's plan, and we just need to trust him in that. And when we do, it's all good. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because Seth comes in, and he starts sharing this with me, and, and I was getting ready to share with you, but then somebody else had walked into the office uh -huh. and started talking, so it kind of interrupted what I was going to share with you. But, but literally the day before that, um, and, and this is why I think it's so applicable to men and, and the power of a mentor in our lives, the power of another man in our lives yeah. that, that helps us realize things when we're not seeing clearly right. like we should be. But um, literally the day before, I'm sitting here at the office, and uh, I don't even remember what I was doing in the moment, but I, I was uh, looking at my to-do list, and, and we've, we're in a season right now of a lot of change. It's just everything that we've been doing over the last seven years as a ministry um, – that has worked is no longer working because of growth and new mm -hmm. personnel. And we're just in that season of change. And so you can imagine being executive director and kind of being the guy that's responsible for all right. that. I'm, you go home, you think about it. Um, things aren't quite up to the expectation level that I've set for things. And I know there's a lot of room to, to grow for the ministry and for our resources and for our training. And so I have a, I'm probably wound a little tighter than most. And, and so I, I carry these burdens I'm, yeah. and I'm not supposed to, but I do. Yeah. And so um, over the last several weeks, I had developed a twitch in my eye, in my eyelid. Mm -hmm. And every 10 minutes for about two, two and a half weeks, my eye would twitch for about 30 seconds. And I thought, okay, maybe lack of sleep or whatever. But I, I didn't think much of it. Well, there I was the day at the office, my eyes twitching like crazy. And nobody else is here. Everybody was out for whatever reason. I can't remember why. But um, I started getting this tightness in my chest, started getting like a shortness of breath. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it's, and you can understand it if yeah. you've had it, like you feel like you're completely out of control, like you don't know what's yeah. going on. I almost felt in a way that the room was sort of closing in around me. And I remember getting up and like walking outside, which was a terrible idea because yeah. it was so hot and muggy. <laughs> and I came back inside and I was just like pacing, like trying to get my wits about me. I texted my wife and said, I've got to come home. I'm having chest pain. I don't know. I thought I was having a heart attack, <laughs> you know? And, um, so finally, like, things calmed down. I get home. I, like, get, you know, saw my daughters. When I saw my daughters, things kind of subsided a little bit. And, um, but I remember driving home, like, driving a mile, not even a mile off the road. I was, not, something's not right with me. So I knew at that point that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I knew that I'm, 
I'm worrying too much, uh, worrying too much about things. And over the last couple of weeks, I'd say over the last two weeks, I've, I've shared this with some key people in my life, mentors, um, Brian being one of them, being our chairman. I've shared it with maybe a board member, another board member or two. And um, all the guys I've shared it with are business owners. And, and they've got families and you know marriages and all that stuff that they're, they're leading at a high capacity. And uh, I'm, I'm sharing it with them and they're all nodding their head as I'm explaining it. Like they're giving me this look like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and I'm, I was ashamed. I felt shameful. Like, and, and actually almost um, embarrassed by the fact that I had this panic attack because panic attacks are for weak people, right? Wow. I mean, that was kind of yeah. what my thought process was. And I'm looking at these men who I have a great deal of respect for, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we've, we've had them too. Right. <laughs> like, we've had these attacks yeah. too. Right. We've allowed these things to get it. And so um, what I realized in my life, and, and we can end here, but it was, I, I wrote, I, I journaled the other day, and I just said, like, it can come from committing to too much, um, carrying burdens that aren't, aren't mine, right? They're, they're meant for God to carry them. Um, picking up things that I, I shouldn't be picking up and carrying. Um, my own expectations get in the way. Sometimes ne- never hit the mark of what I feel like they should be and, and not trusting where God wants it to be. All right. uh, always kind of falling short, this mentality of I've got something to prove as a man, as a leader. Um, attempting everything in my own strength, in my own accomplishments. Um, what I think brings rest and fulfillment often really doesn't. Um, and, and so I found myself even yesterday, I'm sitting in the living room with my sister and she's, she's looking at me and she said like, this is what I've seen in you the last couple months is like, you've lost your joy. Mm-hmm. You've lost your joy. And for whatever, I mean, the conversation was more in depth than that, but you know, I, I'm in this season now where, you know, I'm not dealing with to the extent of what you have. Um, but the bottom line is we all deal with adversity. Absolutely. And if we do not truly lean on God mm-hmm. uh, in somehow, some way to have that realization that you had where it was like, I got to put this at his feet. I've got a plan with God. And once the plan's on paper, if it's of God, I got to let it go. Yep. That is very difficult to do, but I think it's, it's so key. And so, um, man, we just, we really appreciate you coming on today, uh, sharing this story. Uh, we remain in your corner. And um, obviously, there's there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to end some way, somehow, uh, for the glory of God. And, yeah. and there's going to be a lot of light shed on this. And I think someday there's going to be a book written about it. I think <laughs> you're going to be in a book tour, Seth. But uh, it's crazy yeah, to yeah. see what you've come through and, and how you're, you're not there yet, right? right? Like, we never arrive, but the fact that uh, you've taken the proactive steps to bounce back and and invite God into that process is just, it's inspiring to me. Well, it's cool to see. All you got to do is drive around town to see Seth energy signs everywhere. So you can see the community rallying around you guys, which is, is remarkable. Yeah. It's inspiring. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. So Seth, thank you so much uh, for coming on. We know you're busy. We appreciate it. And uh, yes, Steve, you want to wrap us up here, wrap the show up? Yeah. So I just wanted to mention on August 16th, Thursday night here at supply, we're having a family fun night. So if you're in the Lancaster area, the Mannheim area, come check us out. We will have a uh, free night for your family. We've got carnival games, bounce house, face painting, photo booth, uh, Penny's ice cream will be here. Buzz food truck will be here. Just a great night to hang out. We encourage all mentors, protégés, advocates, donors, families, people who've never heard of us and just heard about this now come out and 
yeah, hang out with us. Yeah, come on out for a yeah. good night. Bring your kids out. That'd uh, be cool. Only thing that really is a uh, financial piece of it is just the food truck. So yep. come on out, get yep. dinner for your family, and get some ice cream. It'll be 5.30 to 8 p.m. on August 16th here at Supply, which awesome. is on South Oak Street. Um, also, just pray for the men of Iron Team this uh I guess next weekend we are going away for our staff retreat. So yeah. we're just going to get together as a team, um, pray about the future, dream big dreams, and yeah, have fun. Hopefully invite God into that process, <laughs> right? So it's a, it's a strategic planning couple yep. days where we just talk about the next year and uh, get some, some big aspirations on paper and look at where we are and where we want to be and yeah. what it's going to take to get there. So yep. always love those retreats. So we thank you for watching and listening. Go check us out on iTunes and leave us a five-star review because we love five-star reviews. Yeah, but make a comment. Too. And make a comment. Yeah, yeah we, don't always, just put, we always preface that. Stars, so. <laughs> We'd like a comment too. You can find it at menofiron.org backslash MOI podcast or if you have an iPhone, just go on the podcast app and search Men of Iron Podcast. So again, we thank you to Seth for joining us. Today's episode is brought to you by Seth Energy. I mean, why, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? The man is here <laughs> himself. So. so SethEnergy.com for all your energy needs and put those signs out on your lawn if you're in Mannheim too. Absolutely. Or anywhere in Lancaster, anywhere. Chester County. Lancaster and Chester put County. Put those signs out. Wherever. Wherever. All right, all right G. Seth, thanks again, man. All right, thank you. You going you gonna to call us out here? Oh, yeah. I got to end every podcast like this, <laughs> Seth. You ready? Because I ended the first one. Yeah. And so it, it ends with... Blessings, honor, glory, and power forever. See you guys. Love it. <laughs>